Yes, sir. Hey, man, what's up? What's good? Nothing, man. What's going on? Sorry, I'm really, I got really odd for this. <laughs> good. I just, uh, I switched from wine to a uh, little Captain and Coke. Yeah, that sounds good. I've got beer here. I've been smoking these uh, pens lately. My it's, buddy was telling me about those. Oh, dude, they're fantastic. It's like, yeah. I can smoke them anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, that's what he was saying. Like, they're, they're so much more, like, conspicuous. And don't you get, like, little cartridges for them or something? Yeah. And they taste like – like, this one I'm smoking now tastes like Fruity Pebbles. Damn, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Dude, did you add, like – oh, sick. The punchline. I, I need to do something like that, right? Like a recording, like an intro or something? <clears throat> I think there's a way to do it. Yeah, I think there is, too. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'll just start and I'll do, like, a mini intro or something. And then I'll just introduce you on and then we'll just start bullshitting about stuff. I like it. Do you want to start at the main card or the first fights? Uh, I, I usually do the main card, but whatever you want to do. Yeah, let's do the main card and then we'll bring up uh, – we'll, I'll bring up the set sometime. Yeah, yeah that's I, – I definitely want to talk about him because okay. – if you can give some insight there, that'd be awesome. Yeah, dude, for sure. All right. All right. You ready to go? Yes, sir. Hey, guys. What's up? Welcome to the UFC 220 preview breakdown, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I'm here today with Tanner. What's up, man? What's up, man? How you doing? Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. Uh, it's good to have someone to actually talk to instead of just sitting down here. You know, I, time. I can't do that. I can't just talk to myself. I, <laughs> kudos to you yeah it's it's awkward but then once you get going i don't know i can i just kind of get carried away with it so i don't know it's not as bad once you like if you can get through like i'd say like the first like two or three minutes of it then you yeah. just start you just start going i'm annoyed with my own voice already <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know it's weird hearing yourself talk and stuff like i don't know um but Anyway, Tanner's a purple belt, and you train out of – I'll let him tell you about your gym, but you train out of Stout, right? That's what it's called? Yeah, it's uh, Stout Training in Pittsburgh here. Um, it's a Team Henzo Gracie affiliate, and Warren Stout is our head instructor. He actually um, – he was a wrestler at Lehigh and wrestled under Pat Santoro. Um, who's, uh -huh. Yeah, who's still their coach today. It's pretty cool. When Lehigh comes into town to, to wrestle Pitt, they'll train at our gym. Oh, that's pretty cool then. I didn't know he had wrestling background. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, he's he's pretty well real well rounded there. Um yeah. he um so yeah, he I, I forget what weight he he wrestled at, but um it's it's a fucking grind going after him uh, when we're training. It's it's you know, it that that's that's always a role of survival and, and learning. Yeah, yeah, right. I try to I try to explain to people who've never done it before what it's like, and you can't really figure that out until you just roll with someone. And when you roll with a black belt, it is like, like you just said, it's all about survival. Yeah. Like you feel like you're helpless, and you're just like every limb that you expose, like the tiniest bit they're take they're capitalizing on, and like there's nothing you can really do. It, it really is the case of you give an inch and they take a mile. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 crazy. You know what? There's there's like there. I can say there's a handful of of shining moments in my jujitsu journey um, that I can that I can pull from that are really defining. So my first one is obviously how how I got into it, um, but the 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 second one is rolling with a a, a woman black belt. Oh, see that thing I've never done. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. and you know I mean. Um, you know, let's put equality and gender issues aside. You got a male who's very uh, muscle bound, um, right? And it's... you have, and you, in males, you know, we're, we 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 grow up thinking, oh, well, you know, we're the powerful, big chested. You know, we're we could take down any female, right? Right. Yeah. You roll with a black belt female, and she, I, I was out in Washington. And uh, she was, I don't know, maybe a buck 20 soaking wet. 
she's just just the nicest person ever. Her little firecracker. Holy cow, man! She triangled me in thirty seconds. Thirty oh, seconds. And and so I was like, oh, okay, all right. Well, keep my elbows in. <laughs> you know, keep, keep good posture. All right, slap, bump, wham! Just scooted out, switched her hips, got my arm, and I fought off an armbar for like three minutes, just due to strength, just due to strength. Right. And then I tired myself out, and she got me with an armbar. Damn. And I, was, I was like, okay. So I got one minute left of this roll, <laughs> back to survival mode. Well, here comes a here comes a uh, a rolling bow and arrow that she slapped on me. So, <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> oh. oh man. Oh man. See, that's. That's crazy though, because like, what do you what do you weigh? Uh, so I compete at one ninety five. Okay. Yeah. So to be, I mean, feeling that kind of dominance from a hundred twenty pound woman, like that's it's it's humbling is the best word for it. You know what oh, I mean? It's it's absolutely humbling. Absolutely. It, you know what? It, it's it's a case where after you get over the holy shit, I just got my ass whipped by a woman, and um. There's probably and there's there's many more women out there who are like this and I you know it, it's a scary thing. You sit right. back and you and you go, jujitsu works. Yeah, it's. I mean, in my opinion, like if you watch any kind of like street fight, even like even for self defense, like all those fights go to the ground, and the person who does a little bit more on the ground usually ends up winning. Right. So I think it's the most like practical form of self defense too, and it's like you, it just does it works. And I don't know, I was thinking about this the other day and it's kind of a weird thought, but it's like, it almost like when you like watch a black belt, it's like poetry in motion. And it's almost like the body was built for jujitsu. You know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously it's like, it's the other way around. Like, but it just feels like it's so perfect. I don't know. When you watch like that level of expertise. Right. Dude. It, yeah. It, I, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, but yeah, getting back to, to Warren, um, my, my instructor. So he wrestled at Lehigh and then, uh, after he was done, he, he connected with one of his buddies. Um, they were searching, you know, online forums for jujitsu. And I think it was, I think it was Hollis Gracie who had posted on one of the forums. Hey, we need some wrestlers to come down to Brazil and teach us some wrestling. Um, so Warren and his buddy um, just kind of dropped everything and went down to Brazil, taught those guys wrestling at a high level, and in turn learned jujitsu. Warren came Warren came back up to the states and, and just just ran with it. He, you know, com- has competed everywhere, um, earned his black belt. I think six or seven years ago, he's a two stripe black belt under Henzo now. Wow, it's. Uh, and under uh, he, he trained out with uh, Sean Williams out in uh, L.A. Oh, okay, I, th- I think you were telling me that. Yeah, that's yeah. So Sean, um, he he's one of the announcers for uh, the Abu Dhabis, and I think I want to say IBJJF Worlds, but very knowledgeable. I mean, he's the one that invented Williams Guard. If you're familiar with it, yeah, yeah, a little bit. So um, there, there's there's definitely no no shortage of knowledge at that's that's at my gym and you know it's a it's a pa it's a western pa gym so it's all it's very wrestling focused um you know i'm kicking kicking myself in the ass because i never wrestled i know i think that all the time especially like you don't really realize how bad you are at it until you go against a guy who wrestled like even all through high school like their shots are just like so much more clean and they manage the distance better and it's like I don't know. I'm sure like at purple belt, like you're starting to see that diminish a little bit because you've been doing it so long. But for me, I'm like, oh man, I, w- I it's like, I'm helpless. You know what I mean? Defending takedowns against guys like that. So I, I, yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, when I go against these guys into these killers, like Mike Wilkins and, and Logan Stout and Warren Stout, and uh, I mean, the list goes on. Um, those guys can take me down whenever they want. Right. And, and I, I kind of lean on my, especially when I compete, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go take this guy down. I, I'm going to rely on my wrestling. Right. So it, in the, you know, in the practice room, it's, it's a different story. Uh, but it's nice to, it's nice to have, 
have those guys be the hammer and, uh, you know, you be the nail. That way, push comes to shove when you're in competition or maybe even out on the streets. You can, you can, you can take your, your, uh, your turn at being the hammer. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely to have, it's, it's good to have that in your gym too. You know what I mean? Like guys with that background, obviously like that rubs off on you guys. Yeah. Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say grit, man. A lot of wrestlers, that's like being in the trenches. It's really, it's, it's grueling. So it teaches you, teaches you grit. Yeah. They've got that like grinding, like style too. And it's just like relentless and that like smashing. And so that's, that's where I'm finding the hardest part about explaining jujitsu is that like, I'll call it the hidden jujitsu. Um, you know that invisible jiu-jitsu guy it's hard to explain pressure it's hard to feel pressure it's hard it's hard to uh to tell somebody yes this 130 or 120 pound woman feels like she's 250 pounds on top of me yeah yeah it's it almost seems like it should be impossible (laughs) right and when you feel it you're like oh my god and it's exhausting too and it's like disheartening when you're feeling that you're like how am i ever going to get this off (laughs) You're so right. I remember my old instructor uh, up in up in Connecticut. Just just a great guy. He um he actually just retired from a long career um, in law enforcement. He he would um, a couple. I, I remember when I was a white belt. One of the first few times I rolled with him, he would try to see what you were made of. So he'd get you in mount and was wearing the gi. And he, he'd open up his gi and, and put it over your face and then smush your face. So you're, you're in there, <laughs> you know, drowning in this humidity and heat and you can't breathe. And, but you can't panic. You can't do anything. Yeah. You can't quit because your instructor's on top of you. Um, I, I mean, looking back on that, I can't thank him enough for, for you know, testing me like that. Right. Yeah, moments like that, like – stand out to you, you know what I mean? And they kind of influence like your game and everything. And like you're even if, if it doesn't directly influence your game, I think it like changes your perspective on it. Yeah. yeah big time. Perspective is a big thing, man. I agree. Big and thing. it's almost like a day to day thing. Like I'll learn, like, like it'll be like, I'll go into the gym and I'll learn this little thing and it'll completely change the way that I look at like setups or like anything, you know, anything like on the match related, like, did you did you listen to Rogan and Danaher? No, I didn't, but I heard it was a great interview. Uh, I mean, it's immediately a, your, your next chance. You have to listen to it. And so, so one thing that Danaher said, I don't know if you know Danaher's background. He was like a um, he wasn't a theologist. He was uh, I don't know. He, he was getting his, his PhD or have has his PhD in in something along those lines and. He, um, you know, he found jujitsu and he's the king of leg locks, right? It's Dan, her, the Dan, her death squad. They're the, they're the leg lock masters. Right. And right. under Henzo toot toot, <laughs> but, uh, but he goes, you know, the most influential person in jujitsu for me was Dean Lister. He came to a three day seminar and he only, and what I learned from him, I took in three minutes, and it really was only one sentence that he said. Uh, I, I think Dana Hurd said something like, you know, why why the legs? Why, why are you going this route? And Dean Lister goes, well, why would I, why would I ignore 50% of the body? And so wow. it, wasn't, it wasn't anything that any – a physical attribute, a, mu- a move uh, – you know, an actual heel hook that he, that he taught him. It was that perspective. Yeah, exactly. Why, and that's, know, why, why would he ignore physical of body? Yeah. I think it's because like when you're thinking in your head, you're thinking like the neck is where you can get to pass people out and the arms move in so many different directions. Like, I don't know. I feel like people just focus on the upper body for some reason. And that's such a good point mm-hmm. because if you think about it, like your legs are like what you're using to generate like hip escapes. Like they, they, they play a huge part in the game. Yeah. It's weird yeah. to ignore. Hey. Like trying to attack those and exploit the weaknesses there. You know, how, how about how about this segue? You know who likes heel hooks? Who's that? 
my boy Matt Bissett. <laughs> oh my God! So so I I can't call him my boy. Um, I mean I I I'm I'm such a big fan of his. I got to train with him once, maybe twice, when I was in Connecticut. He is out of uh, he was he was fighting at an underdog, um, and underdog is a, a Soul Fighters affiliate, um, and. Soul Fighters is Rafael from Mika Barbosa, who I used to train with up in Connecticut. Um, and then, uh, so, so Matt Bissett, he opened up his own gym, Ascension Athletics. But man, that dude, you want to, you want to talk about a blue collar guy that has earned his stripes. I mean, what is he, 22 and seven or something like that? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. he's, he's kind of fights. Was he fighting in Bellator? Yeah, he was fighting. In, he was fighting in Bellator. Bellator, I don't know, kind of screwed him over a little bit. Um, but um, you know, not putting him on. I mean, especially because Bellator came to Connecticut a lot and would they would fight down at Mohegan Sun, and um, they never gave him a shot at at like even a run at the title or anything like that. But he's a, he's a current CES uh, world champion and. Like I said, 22 and 7. The biggest statistic that jumps out at me, this dude has had 29 fights. He has a 100% takedown defense. That's insane. He's never been taken down in 29 fights. And, you know, I got to watch one of his fights, too, and it's not like he – like, he throws his hands around, you know what I mean? His ta- Like, it's not like he's, like, playing this cautious game where he's defending, like – like the shots that he's defending, he's also throwing at you too. Like he's moving forward a lot. He is. He is. A lot of those. A lot of the wins he has, or a few of the bigger wins he has, is he. And he was, you know, uh, he was getting beat. I think his last fight, um, he was getting beat in the third round and got rocked a little bit, but was still coming forward. The other dude came at him and crack, knockout. Reset gets his hand raised. Oh man, that's crazy! And you talk about like that. Blue collar personality has that toughness right there, like exemplifies that. Big time. I mean, even even just look at him. He's you know, <laughs> he looks like he's been in thirty fights. Yeah, he does. He does. He sees it. Yeah, the Mangler man. Um, but he's, he's, got few, he's got a heel hook finish. I think it was in a championship fight too. Wow! Finish a dude via heel hook. It's always good to see guys like that, like. Get, get their get their chance at the UFC. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because the UFC, like, I mean, say what you want about like they play favorites. Like, obviously, guys like Connor get favored. But if you, um, like, if you start winning, they give you they give you that chance to advance that you maybe never got in Bellator. Uh huh. So, it's always it's always cool seeing someone that you know too, especially you've like trained with this guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it is cool. You know. He's got he's he's got fans everywhere, but it it is cool to be able to relate to him a little bit more. I mean, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure if if you drop my name in front of him, he go, "Who the fuck is that guy?" Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, but you got like in your head, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you recognize that it makes it so much more entertaining to watch because like you have Fight Pass, right? Yeah. I used to hate Fight Pass, and then I got it back. I think at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. and the fight library on there is huge. Yeah. And they put some good prelims on too, so I think it's awesome. They do, and those the guys on the prelims. I mean, obviously, Bissett, he's trying to make a name for himself in the UFC. He's got absolutely nothing to lose. And then you know, Enrique Barzola, he he's he's got a few fights already, doesn't he? Yeah, he's yeah he's he's pretty experienced. It says here he's fourteen and three. Yeah. Um, I want to. How many fights has he had in the UFC? I think um, three. Um, I'm not sure either. To be maybe, honest, I don't. It's feel like until there's so many fighters on the roster now. You know what I mean? Because UFC's grown so much, and it's so hard to keep up with everyone. And yeah, right. I can't remember. Like I. I I think I've heard his name, but I can't remember like a specific fight that he's been in or any like anything that happened in that fight. I want to say he's two and one. He might be two and two. But uh, but yeah, I mean he's a UFC vet. Four fights, three fights, four fights in the UFC. Right. 
win like that for Bissett would kind of catapult him up a little bit. You know what I mean? It's always good to see guys beat guys with experience on their oh, debut. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Bissett's like 33, 34 years old. I know. Okay. So, yeah, I know Barzola is younger. Yeah, so Bissett's getting to that age where he's got to like start making his run too. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's cool because they're fighting up in Boston. You know, he's a New England dude. Yeah, yeah. TD Garden. They usually put on a good show. I was at I was at TD Garden. I forget what year it was, but it was when Connor beat up. Uh, um, oh shit! Who was it? Um, I don't know. One of the he was either Polish or one of those guys. Um, was it Stever? Yeah, yeah, it was Stever. And then, yeah. and then, uh, and then Connor hopped the fence and got in Jose Aldo's face. That was yeah. That you remember? I remember that? Yeah, that was great. Man, that's I. People think like I hate. I feel like I'm on the Connor bandwagon, but man, when you watch him fight, like I know he's like all Bodie and stuff, but I've never seen anyone manage distance like that. I, you know, it, that he's he's very very good, but I think I think the biggest thing here with in the case of Connor is just his relentless belief in himself. Yeah, that's huge. Like your your mentality is such a big part of fighting that like doesn't get talked about enough. And I think he's like he those things that he's saying, like he believes he almost it feels like he like wills it into existence. Mm, yeah. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. He and you know, don't let me take anything away from him. He's he's very good. But you know, once once he gets those you know, those real good shots in on you. You go, you go, oh, shit. Maybe he is as good as he says he is. <laughs> and, then, and, then he that, and then all that mental warfare that he's been playing with you, like, it starts to catch up with you, like, in the octagon in that moment. You know right. what I mean? Right, right. Man, he's – did you hear – I just uh, read this. They announced uh, Khabib and Tony for April 7th. No, where? Uh, I forget where it's going to be. I want to say it's in uh, – Cool. It's in New York. Russia. No, because I guess they got a, a September card scheduled for Russia. Okay. So I'm thinking the winner – well, Khabib has to fight in Russia, but Connor said he wants to fight in September, so I think he wants to fight. I think he's kind of – I think Connor's banking on Khabib winning and fighting Khabib in Russia. Huh. But <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just excited to see those three sorted out finally. It's hard to say, man. I every time I go against Tony, he impresses me. I know, and it's and he's got that like relentless like game from the bottom. Yeah. If Khabib takes him down, I'm really interested to see how Tony looks off his back against him because right. Tony's gonna be moving. He's not just gonna be trying to survive. He's gonna be attacking right. or trying to get to his feet. He's gonna like he's a black belt under Eddie Bravo. Yeah. How's it? Yeah. How's It'll be interesting to see how Khabib deals with, like, that mission control, that rubber guard shit. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, if you're a black belt under Eddie Bravo, like, that guard's developed. So, you damn right it is. Yeah, <laughs> black belt from Eddie because... Straight from Eddie. Yeah. And Eddie's under John Jock, I think, right? Machado? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. But, uh... I guess we can move on to the main card and start talking about uh, Almeida versus Rob Font. You want to start there and then just work our way up? Yeah. You know, I don't know too much about either of these guys. No, I, I don't. So I know that Almeida is on – he's not on a win streak. I think – I just looked this up. But he's got a knockout loss to Cody Garbrandt. But before that, he was like 22-0 and 0 or something. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, and then he won his next fight by knockout, and then he lost, I think. But I forget who he lost to in his most recent fight. Okay, so I got this. Yeah, so so he lost to Jimmy Rivera most recently. Rivera, yeah, and that's not a bad loss, man, because he, he might legitimately be the best. Like, he's got to be in the discussion for the best 135-er in the world. Yeah. He's making a case for himself. I want to see him start fighting – like, uh, I'd like to see him fight Cody next, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't want to see Cody get go into that like gatekeeper role though. No, that's what sucks because if he loses that fight, he yeah. takes one he takes one step towards like one step closer towards doing that. Right, right. And I think he's like, you don't you kind of want to hand him someone on this, right? Because Cody's like good looking. He runs his mouth like he he and he's a striker, and people love to see knockouts. So the UFC wants to push that. Right. Yeah. He's and he's got like. Paper. Media. He's not that like hot ass girlfriend. He's always posting all over Instagram, yeah, right? Like he, he's promotable. So you want to hand him something, like because if Rivera beats him right after he lost, trying to defend the title, like that might break your spirit a little bit. Or like because I think losses like that definitely, and he might be the kind of kid who just walks through it and comes back again. But it just depends. Like everyone deals with that differently. So you know, it's kind of cool. Uh, his uncle and striking coach Bob Meese. Mm-hmm. He uh he comes and uh, our Mike Wilkins is his name from our gym. He he fought on Bellator. He's got a win in, in Bellator. Michael wow. tra- Michael trained with Bob. Bob will come into the gym and train with him. <laughs> it's neat, man. It, it it's cool. It's cool being in the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, because it's probably like it's probably a different mentality, right? Yeah. Like- Different than, like, your day-to-day, like, drilling and practicing and stuff. Right. So I, w- I would just peek in. And, and look, I, I'm, I'm not talking shit whatsoever. Bob would fuck me up. I, I promise you that. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's, really, it's really actually cool to see a guy of, like, Bob's stature. Shorter guy. Got a belly on him. But, man, he's, like really nimble he hops around he just he's got really good technique i mean he was an olympic uh i think it was an olympic alternative or alternate for boxing oh jesus i'm sure back in the day he was he was real ripped up and in shape but it's just it's just really it's cool to see like fat athletes (laughs) you don't expect it almost it like takes you by surprise yeah you don't but that guy's got so much knowledge i mean christ he's he groomed Cody since he was, you know, how old? Yeah, I mean, Jesus, he's been boxing for – and you can tell, too, because, like, when Cody's in there – like like I said, like, Almeida was a high-level striker, but when Cody starts throwing his hands, you can tell that he's, a like, a boxer. He's going to run you. Tight, compact, never never leans too far in one way, man. It's quick. Yeah, he's, that's why it's so impressive that TJ was able to knock him out. Because that shows you how good TJ Dillashaw is. I want to see a rematch. Me too. Because Cody almost had him at the end of the first. Yeah, yeah. That It sucks, man. It sucks that there's time limits and rounds. And, I know. But, and it's, but, I mean, but on the other hand, TJ's loving it. You know? Yeah, yeah. That saved, that saved like – First off, and he recovered well too. So like, he got to go back, sit down, get some water, like get a little bit of coaching. Yep. And he got to go back out and just like rezone in. Whereas if that fight keeps going and there's no bell, yeah, that obviously favors Cody. So right, right. Yeah, I don't know what to do about the rounds thing. And like, I don't think three rounds is enough to determine like most fights. Because if you ever seen a fight and you're like, man, this is so back and forth. I really want to see who's gonna win in the fourth and fifth. Like when the cardio starts fading, like. Who's able to implement their game plan when their head's fogged up because they can't breathe well? You know what I mean? It would be really cool to see the UFC, like, even just for one card, implement old pride rules. Yeah. First round's 10 minutes long. No elbows. You know, elbows just cut you. They just just cut you. They just injure you. Right. There's so many injuries due to, to elbows. It's not even funny. Having said that, they're also savage and can end fights easily. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, w- I would I would like to see the UFCC adopt some sort of pride rules, just maybe for a card. It'd be kind of cool. Yeah, just to try it out. Yeah, that or at least like a ten minute round, that first round. That'd be that'd yeah, be cool. You'd have to find two people, or like you'd have to fill that card with just like the toughest son, like a Darren Elkins type of guy who's like, yeah, hey, uh, fuck it, I'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, like he'd be. He'd be perfect. He got a yeah, man, he, 
he just keeps winning too. And I'm, I oh, like, he just beat Michael Johnson. And I'm like, every time I watch him, I'm like, you're going to lose, man. And I don't know why I think that. And then he goes out and he always like, he weathers the storm. And then he just like outlasts you. There's so, tough. so my Muay Thai instructor says this all the time. It's, it's awesome. Will Morrill shout out. Um, he, uh, he goes, you know, techniques, a lot of it. Athleticism is some of it. Savagery is a lot of it. <laughs> you know, it, you gotta have, you got, you just gotta be a savage. There's a lot of, um, it's that mentality, man. Yeah, it is. It's, I, I'm not gonna lose. I'm gonna die. Yeah. Before, before I give up. Yeah, man. And like, you'll see that like mentality, like those guys with that mentality always end up rising to the top. Not always, but more often than the guys who are just like there to fight. So, you know what I mean? For sure. I mean, and the, and then you can define the top any way you want. I would say that Diego Sanchez has had one hell of a career. Yeah, absolutely, may, yeah. may may not have won, you know, as many fights as he'd like or whatever. But he came forward. He bit down on his mouthpiece. That nose widened right up, and he got that little stare in his eyebrows. You know, clinched right in. He just came in wild, man. His fights yeah. were awesome, and he made a career out of it. And made a ton of money doing it, and a ton of fans. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he, those are guys too. Who those kind? Of, not, not all of them, but like guys like him. He was getting big as the sport was getting popular, and the more popular the sport got, the more it evolved. And I think it just evolved a little too quickly with all these like young up and coming athletes for him. Yeah. But like, and at the time, like he beat Nick Diaz. And, on the ground too, and the Diaz brothers are like they stand up and they just want to brawl so much yeah. off their backs. Yeah, for sure. It's just savage, savagery, baby. He's the definition of it. So is Stipe. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Let's go to the next. I don't, we don't have to go to the next fight. I don't really, I don't really know much about Almeida and Font. I'm gonna go with. All right, I'm making my picks. Obviously, I got to go with my boy Bissett. Um, yeah. But, but let me. I'll go with. I'll go with Almeida. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Almeida too. Font has a loss to Lineker, so he's seen some like high level experience, just like Almeida has. And I don't. I think. And I think these guys are going to want to stand. And I think the most important thing is going to be like who gets the jab going early, because I think that'll let you set up your timing and start landing combos. Some, you know, GSP made a living off of his jab. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's his jab and his wrestling. It's such a good like tool because not only are you at the like when you throw it, you're gauging distance, and if you do land with it, you're snapping their head back and making them like pay for getting a little too close. Like there's so many good, like if you can get a jab going, you can set up so many things. Not too many good jabs in the UFC. Yeah, I... not not that I can talk about a good jab, but I mean, I can I can tell you what a bad jab looks like, and I can tell you a lot of. A lot of guys have these bad jabs, man. Yeah, like they throw like, I like, I like, like, like thrown out there almost. Yeah, yeah, or like their elbows out to the side, and it's like a rabbit punch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. But yeah, I think I think I like Almeida too, and I think it's going to be. I hope it's a fun fight. I think it'll be back and forth, but I think Almeida is going to be. Like I said, man, he was like twenty-two and zero, so it's not like he forgot how to fight. He just ran into the top of the heap at 135 and Cody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe a little too much too soon. Yeah, a lot of cases of that. And then, like, like when that happens, they either they either learn from it and get better, or they just fall off sometimes. It's weird when they lose a fight like that. And then some guys, like, use this motivation, and then they come back better. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping that's the case with John Volante. Yeah. Yeah, me too, because I like watching him fight, right? Like, he's so exciting. And then and I like, I, I'm biased, but I love all the guys out of Ray Longo. Yeah, so do I. So I, do I. Like, I can't help but like him. Like, they're all like, like Chris Wadman's like this such, like, down-to-earth guy and, like, a family man. And then he goes in there and he's an ass-kicker. Yeah, savage. And I guess this is going to be Wadman's first time coaching Volante. Volante. Oh. So I'm interested to see how he does corner because I think a part of the game that doesn't get talked enough, talked about enough or given enough credit is cornering. Huh. 
I can tell you from my experience, dude, it makes such a difference. Like, so I, I competed, um, I don't know. I forget when the last one was, uh, October, maybe we were in, um, it was November. We were in, uh, Cleveland. It was beginning of November in Cleveland and my coach mentor, one of my buddies, Mike Wilkins, who, you know, that guy that fought in Bellator, he just, his, A, his voice pierces through anything so I can hear him, which is, <laughs> which is a, a huge characteristic, a great thing to have. But, but his instruction is just super clear, super concise. I trust him. And, as, you know, uh, Mark Henry and, and uh, um, Frankie Edgar have this relationship where Frankie Edgar feels like he's, he's, you know, the video game and Mark Henry is, he's got the Xbox controller. Right. And that's kind of how I felt like when I was competing out there and I had Mike at the helm yelling instruction at me. It's just like, Hey, he told me what to do. I did it. I won. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. I was, I was watching one of the videos and I was listening to you to him corner you and i was like man that's just like it's solid advice how many times do you watch a fight and they're like take him down and i'm like you're not telling him how to set it up or like how did you, you're just telling him that he knows to take him down so when you have cornering like you had and they're walking you through what to do and they're not like clouding your thoughts it's just like you said it's concise and it's to the point and it's effective yeah there's a yeah there it, there's a lot of the corner the cornermen go you know oh don't do that don't do that. Yeah. What, what fucking advice is that? <laughs> yeah, like, what is that going to do? And, I, like, I try not to judge them too harshly because, like, a lot of it is knowing your fighter, too. Like, maybe your fighter doesn't want to be, like, talk. But I don't know. Like, maybe he doesn't want to be talked to a certain way, like, when he's in that moment. Like, But, like, and then you see Cyborg backstage and that her coach is, like, slapping her in the face. <laughs> right, right. It's, like, a lot, of it's, a lot of it's having a good connection with your fighter to where you, you two trust each other. Like, and the other part is just like the advice part. Like those are the two biggest things. Like you have to connect and then you have to be able to give good advice. I think another part of it is knowing when to shut the fuck up too. That's true too. Like when you're just sitting there screaming like over and over at them, I'm like, okay, he's like, I think he heard you. And you're yelling the same thing. If it was different advice, like when you're yelling, get up, get up, get up. No, no, no. Yeah. Be quiet and let him work. Like situations like that. Like he knows that he has to get up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you're exhausted and you're like you. You're probably taking a beating if they're yelling that at you, like in the third round or something. And then I don't know. There's no way that you're thinking clearly. And then you got your fucking coach in your ear, not even telling you how to stand up, just telling you to get up. Right. But I I don't know a whole lot about this other guy either. I know he's got. He's I didn't I didn't even know his name and I looked him up and he's got like seven or eight fights in the UFC. Yeah, he looks familiar, but yeah, but I've never I, I don't I don't know that I've ever, I've probably seen him fight and didn't like it didn't it wasn't one of those ones I was like sitting down like eyeballs right. for. So I'm taking Volante just because I fucking like him and I yeah so do I. <laughs> he's 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 a bro. Yeah, he, and he's he's dropped two in a row, so it's like this is. I mean, it's not must. I think he's an exciting enough fighter that, like, he can drop a couple more fights. And if they're exciting, the UFC will still keep him because they like guys like that. Right. But, yeah, I still he draws the like, crowd. Yeah, exactly. Still a business at the end of the day. Yeah, and people want to watch him because they like him. Like, he'll get a little – I'm not saying he can lose, like, five or six in a row, but I think he's got a couple more in there before they start talking about splitting the with him. I wish he would have beat Shogun, but that wasn't the case. Ugh. Yeah, Jesus. And knocked out. But and then lost to Patrick Cummins. Was... Yeah. Yeah, that's a fight that's a fight I thought he was gonna win. I did too. Um, you know, I get Patrick he's a Cummins is a good wrestler. Um I I think being in the room with um with Weidman, you know, that's your wrestling should be pro- should be pretty good too. Yeah. It... But yeah, well, whatever. Again, he's a good draw. I think. I think I'm, I'm taking him. I hope he wins this one. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I don't. I expect it to be like an exciting fight. Like if it, like his most of his usually are. So let's just 
keep our fingers crossed that he can pull off the victory. Because like I said, I don't, I barely know this other guy, and I just I want him to win because I like him. Like I usually don't pick a lot of favorites. Like sometimes I just want to see a match. Like with Tony and Khabib, I just kind of want to see that fight. But with guys like this, like the laundry, like those likable guys, like I actually want to see him win. Yeah. Uh, Katar and Bugos. Burgos. Yeah. This, so I was watching one of uh, Burgos. It was a Burgos. I don't know how you pronounce his last yeah, name. The hurricane. But I was watching one of his fights, and he was like a negative 650 favorite. <laughs> he's, I get, and I think he's a big favorite in this fight, too. And he he's really good. 10 and 0. Uh, takedown accuracy is not. He's. he's let me see here. He's avoided 94% of the takedowns. He's been taking that one pretty much. Um, where the hell is he? Here we go. And um, and he's taken everybody down that he's, that he's shot on. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. In 10 fights. Every time he's shot, he's taking someone down. Yeah, that's insane. It is insane. But that Calvin, I'm going to call him Qatar. Yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it. He's defended every single takedown, every single shot. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. In, in 19 fights, too. That's crazy, man. 19 fights, and he's never been taken down. Yeah, I that's – I was talking to my buddy Wilkins again at the, at the gym. He's like, fuck, I've been doing this for 10 years. I guarantee my wrestling's better than theirs, and I fucking guarantee it, too. Um, <laughs> he and, and he's been taken down in a fight before. It, it's yeah. just, it's like, crazy. It it just goes to show that wrestling for MMA is very different than wrestling, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Like, when you can start, like, throwing your limbs at people, you can set up your takedowns different ways and stuff and, like, close distance in different ways as opposed to just, like, grappling. It's You got to play a different game. Whole different game. Kind of like – it's kind of like uh, the, the, the guy's – who didn't who said jujitsu didn't work and i kind of agree to him to a certain degree you know everybody has a game plan until you get punched in the face you know yeah that was a mike tyson quote and then you know jujitsu works until you get punched in the face yeah it's know, got- there is definitely truth to that wrestling works until you get punched in the face yeah yeah that's it's it's just a completely different and i'm not saying like that Fundamental jujitsu techniques don't work in fighting, but there are some things that you can do when you're just like rolling in the gym that you can't do in a fist fight. Right, right, right. And you you could against someone that like does not a fight, but the minute you get someone with like, I'd say even a little experience, like you're gonna start paying for some of the transitions that you're trying to pull off and stuff. But for sure. All right, I'm going. I'm going the hurricane. I'm going Burgos. I think I am too. I usually like try not to listen to the betting odds and stuff because I think they're like sometimes they're obviously like they're probably right most of the time, but it's just so unpredictable that mm-hmm. I just try to go off. I try to go off gut more than anything, and I'm wrong half the fucking time. <laughs> One of my last in our fucking pick league. <laughs> yeah, and a kid who my buddy in college, I introduced him to the UFC. We. The first fight he ever saw was John Jones and Vitor Belfort. And he's the one who ended up winning it. So. <laughs> that fucker. Yeah, I know. Uh, Moving on. Co-main. Yeah. Cormier and Ozdemir. Is that how you pronounce his last name? Yeah, Ozdemir. He, he's 15-1, and one and he's got – he just knocked out – oh, man, what's his name? The guy always feuding with DC. It's uh, oh, it's Jimmy on the Manoa. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he he's so he's been like knocking off some of these top tier guys. Mm-hmm. When you're over, talking, yeah, he beat over in St. Prue at the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah, he he's got like a little bit of a resume built up. I think he was voted like the breakout fighter of the year, and it makes sense because I mean he's already fighting for the title. Yeah. Um, having said that, (laughs) yeah, I was just going to say the problem is you're fighting DC. Yeah, man, you are fighting (laughs) Daniel Cormier who gives two fucks about you. Probably doesn't even know your name. 
Right. <laughs> the I would say him and Khabib are probably the two best wrestlers in MMA right now. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's incredible, and I know he's lost to like Jones, but who doesn't? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you could throw Mighty Mouse in there too. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, that's he. Mighty Mouse is so effective because he's so good at like He's so good at everything. Yeah, that's a very that's a good point. He, there's nothing, and he's another guy that we were talking about earlier. Cornering he, him and his corner have a great relationship. Like you'll hear his corner will be like yelling stuff at him, and he's he's like a game controller. He's just doing it right. Um, but, yeah, I think I think in this fight, DC is going to give Ozdemir because, like, also I know that Ozdemir has a lot of power, but. DC has been hit by Anthony fucking Johnson and sent flying across the octagon and was able to walk it off and come back and like grind out a win. So he knows what it feels D- like to get D- DC got hit by Anthony Johnson and then fucking made him retire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, hey, sorry, Volcan, but you're fighting, you're fighting DC and we might see the first death in the UFC. Yeah, it's <laughs> he's he's just gonna like when this fight goes to the ground, and I think it's going to. It's, you're, I think you're gonna see what happens with a lot of guys. Like we keep bringing him up, a Khabib fight. Like you're gonna see DC take him down, and you're gonna if Ozdemir even gets out of the first round, if DC gets on top of you early, yeah. but he's gonna, and you're gonna see his spirit broken. He'll get out. It'll it'll. I think so. I don't. It'll go. It'll go three, four rounds. Yeah. But that's 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 going to be 15 to 20 minutes where Ozdemir is backing up. He's against the cage. That DC's forehead and, and top of his head is in his chin, um, you know, doing dirty boxing against the against the cage. Takedowns. Yeah. Ozdemir might get back up, get taken down again. Might get back up, get taken down again. Yeah, it's going to – I think it's just going to be a grinding, like, dirty win. I think DC's going to beat him up. It's gonna be I, a DC win, you know. Yeah, I agree. And they're like, DC might be the second best light heavyweight ever, next to John. Yeah, I would say he's. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. He's he's probably the best light heavyweight, not named John Jones. Oh know. man, he's so. He Ozdemir is gonna feel that, and he's gonna realize that he's never felt something like that before. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, 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 not to get too far off subject. Speaking of Khabib. I mean, what he did to Edson Barboza is like, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's almost what Hoist Gracie did at UFC one. Yeah. Like, I mean, what? <laughs> yeah, he, cause you're not talking about some average fucking smock, you know, like Edson Barbo- Barboza is maybe the best, like pure striker in that division. And he couldn't do anything. He won – one judge on the card had him winning 30-26. Yeah, that's so <laughs> – Two, ten, eight rounds. Yeah, and he's 20 – he's 24, 25, and 0 now. And to, to, like, to beat a guy that good – and he did the same thing to Michael Johnson. Like, to beat guys that good and that dominant – he was talking to Michael Johnson against the cage, like, you have to give up. You know you have to give up. And it's like, this guy's fucking crazy. Yeah. And he's it's like when you're fighting him, everything that you're doing, like he's hitting you. And then when you move a limb to defend yourself from getting hit in the face, he's advancing immediately. Like his mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. I think it was 30-25 now that I am. You might be right. Now that I uh, stepped away from my Jack and Coke and <laughs> did that. <laughs> <laughs> but, Man, I'd, I'd love to be a fly on the wall during some of American Kickboxing Academy's training sessions. Like, to see guys like DC and Habib and Luke Rockhold going at it. So, when UFC came to Pittsburgh, Rockhold, who, I'll fucking say it, I'd go gay for him. <laughs> <laughs> I got a man, dude, I got a man crush on him so bad. It's not even funny. <laughs> but he, uh, it, it's hilarious. So, I was talking to... Um, um, I think the fuck's his coach. Uh, why can't I think of his coach's name? Fuck. Luke Rockhold. Luke, 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 
or something? Javier Mendez. Mm-hmm. So I was talking to him, and uh, I asked him, like, I, I asked him, I go, how the hell does Luke do those question mark kicks after knee surgery? And he goes, he, he just sat back and laughed. He goes, he goes fuck, man. I just wish everybody knew what Luke could actually do. All his teammates do. Everybody he, you know, everybody that he's kicked, fucking, uh, you know, Weidman knows. Um, Weidman, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Some of the, you would see Weidman trying to return those kicks, and the the amount of, like, snap and power that Rockhold had on his yeah. was, like, getting to Weidman. Like, yeah. It's, you know, he's, he's kind of, he's a little injury prone right now. Um Man, AKA has like a like a curse out there, man. And you can't say it's like Kane. Kane been injured. DC's been injured. Luke's been injured. Habib has trouble with his weight. It's like yeah. And I don't. You can't say it's because something's wrong with their training. Because look at the fighters that they're turning out. Maybe they have a curse or something. Yeah, I mean, I, I like you said, I, I I'd love to be a fly in the wall. I'd love to see their practices. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how how much they're sparring. I don't know how how many how many hard rounds, hundred percent rounds that they're doing. But it, you're right, man. There's just something with that fucking camp. Yeah, it's, it's got to occur. Maybe it's over some Indian Indian burial ground or some shit. <laughs> right. Uh, but speaking of heavyweights, uh, obviously I got Cormier in that fight. Yeah, yeah, same here. I think it's going to be unless, unless Ozdemir would just have to get lucky and clip him. Like that's the only way I can see him coming out of there with a win. Even so, DC's never been knocked out like that. Yeah, I mean, well, John, you could say John Jones, but yep, I agree. But yeah, on time. And like you said, on to the main event of the evening with Stipe and Francis Ngannou. Who, if you if you just look at Francis Ngannou like walking around, he might be the scariest human being that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I mean, I like you, I don't want to be in the same room as that motherfucker. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's just like this big, like 200. He, I don't know what he walks around at. He's probably a pretty heavy guy, but it's not like it's not like he's chubby. Like he's he's ripped like a 155 pound fighter, but he's fucking how tall is he? He's he's got to be like six four, six five. Uh. 76 inches. Divide that by 12. Oh, shit. 72. Yeah, 64. Yeah, man. He's just a monster. And I was at the fight in Detroit where he knocked out Overeem. And, like, there's something about being at a fight in person when you see the fighters move. Like, there's something different about it. I don't know how to explain it. But, like, when you saw the way that he, like, threw his energy into that uppercut when he hit Overeem, it was like... I don't see how you could ever survive being hit by something like that. It it, it takes a, a fucking special type of person, and they, it takes one. It takes one that would run full speed into a burning house. To yeah, this guy. That's that's my thought too. Is like I know, like they have Stipe listed as an underdog, and I'm like, man, Stipe's a son of a bitch, though. Like, <laughs> goddamn right, he is. He's an athlete. Yeah, he he's is. An athlete. He's, he, you know, at Cleveland State, he, he played baseball and he wrestled. Yeah, he. You'll see him hitting those like home runs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He goes and fights fires. <laughs> he's got the UFC heavyweight strap. Yeah, and he is. He's out of Cleveland, right? He's out of Cleveland. He's the first one that made us say. Uh oh my God, Junior Junior DeSantos is human. Yeah, you know. Um, I uh, I I got my I got my boy Stipe. Yeah, I I think back and forth with this so much because like in Ghana, like me and my buddy were sitting there talking during the fight, right before the Overeem fight, and he just like looked at me and he's like, I was like, who do you got? And he was like over it, or he said Ngannou, and I was like, "Why?" And he's like, "It just feels like it's his time." And I was like, "Yeah, that's the best." Like, hmm. I just feel that way, but it's also, and like Stipe will grind you out too. Like, yeah. So he might be the guy who can like 
because at some point, like someone's going to figure out the answer to and maybe, I mean, unless he just keeps killing people when he hits them, like someone <laughs> figure out what the answer to Nganu is. Yeah. Stipe might be that guy. Man, I, I, you know, I, I fucking hope so. Nganu's never even shot in 12 fights. He's never went for a takedown. Yeah. He just, oh man. And I wonder when he lost his first fight. It had to have been early in his career because I think he's on a tear right now. It's this is an interesting fight. I think the predator. This is, and this is probably the first time in a while that people have been really excited about a heavyweight fight. Not yeah. that I, but this is a really big fight because you're seeing this young up and coming like star fighting this guy who's like, like we were talking about earlier, like a blue collar guy. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, check this out. Okay, let's go back to 2015. Francis Ngannou beat Louis Henrique, round two, KO. He beat Curtis Blades, round two, Dr. Stoppage, TKO. He beat uh, Bojan Mihal, whatever the fuck his name is. I'm not even going to try to announce <laughs> it. In July 2016, round one, knockout. He beat Anthony Hamilton in December 2016, round one, submission. Look at that fucking. Wow, yeah. Uh, he knocked the fuck out of Andre Arlovsky. He knocked the fuck out of Alistair Overeem. Yeah. Oh man, what a what a hit list. You know what I don't see on that hit list? A, de- that? a decision. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I don't think's gonna happen on Saturday night? A decision. What's <laughs> yeah, nice about watching these? But you, there's no way this goes five rounds. You know, I, I can't. I don't, if, one, if it if it went five rounds, then Stipe won. I agree because I think I think you're going to see Ngannou gas because he throws with some. He's throwing force behind his punches too, and he's already right. big. Fucking right. Um, that but that uppercut, like, I don't know. That kind of sucked. It wasn't really. It just kind of swung. Yeah, it's not. I don't want to say he got lucky because, you know, he threw the punch. Yeah, but it's like it's like the cleanest technique. It's just like he's just generating so much power with it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. He's another guy that just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, it's. I'm I'm rooting for Stipe, but I think I'm going to go and go to. But I think I think you were spot on when you said. That if it goes like if this is a fight that goes five, even if it, I think if it starts getting into the third, fourth, and fifth round, you're going to see Stipe start to take over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's been in those long, grueling fights. He's went five rounds, you know. Yeah, he's he knows what that feels like, and he's he's fought top tier guys like you said, like Junior. He knocked out Fabrizio Verdum while moving backwards, so he's yeah. got power. You can't sleep on Stipe's power because if he tags you, he's going to put you out. Like he's a big mm-hmm. boy, too. right? And just because, and like. And Gone is this like massive human being doesn't mean that his chin is gonna stand up to Stipe. Yeah. So it's gonna be interesting. I think this is depending on how long it goes, I think we'll see like a knockout of the night or like a fight of the night if it does because I think it'll be a good fight if it goes five rounds. Dude, Stipe's resume is so fucking oh my god. Let's go back to twenty eleven. He was in the he was in the UFC in twenty eleven. So round round three, unanimous decision over Joey Beltron. Next fight uh, beats Phil DeFries, round one knockout. Next fight beats Shandell Rosario, round two knockout. Then he loses to Stipe, or uh, he loses to uh, Stefan Struve by knockout in the second round in 2012. That's right. Comes back uh, three round decision to beat Roy Nelson. Beats uh, Gabriel Gonzaga in a three-round decision. Beats Fabio Maldonado in a... Fabio went brain-dead after that fight. <laughs> <laughs> Round one knockout. Loses loses the junior in a five-round unanimous decision. Fight of the night. Then uh, knocks out Mark Hunt in the fifth round. Then he, uh, then he, then he knocks the shit out of Andre Arlovsky beginning of 2016. And then he fights Fabricio for the title. Knocks him out in the first round. In Brazil, too. In so Brazil. he's... Yeah. In Brazil. 
Then he goes on to beat Alistar, knocks him out in the first round. Then he knocks out Junior in the first round. I mean, yeah, did you did you hear me say anybody that you didn't recognize? No, he's. That's why you have to seriously start talking about Stipe. Is and if he can win this fight, and I want to see him fight Kane, but he might. There's yep. an argument. I always give the crown to Fedor, but there's yeah. an argument for him as the greatest heavyweight of all time. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I, man, I, I thought you were going to say. So I don't think, um, I don't think Fedor's the the overall goat. There is an argument there for heavyweight goat. Right, I agree. Um, you know, having said that. Uh, it's kind of like that the Michael Jordan uh LeBron James comparison. I don't know. What, yeah, if Michael Jordan, what if Michael Jordan played today and what if you know having his skills in today's NBA and what if what if you know um LeBron James had his skills but played back when Jordan played, you know what would happen? And, right, like how are you supposed to compare those yeah, two? Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. Exactly. And it's evolved so much, man. Right. Well, so much. I mean, Christ, I think I, <laughs> uh, I was a heavyweight going after Verdum. I tried to heel hook him. Or uh, not Verdum, but Fedor. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I don't know. Yeah, man. Heavy, heavyweights are so crazy, too, because it feels like they're always, they're always old when they're good. <laughs> That's true. Like, you never hear about these, like, young, like, up-and-coming, like, 20-year-old, like, or these, like, 23-year-old heavyweights. They're all, like, fucking 40. Oh, man. Well, look at uh, Randy Couture when he won the heavyweight ship. Yeah, man, when he was, like, fucking Couture was funny. He was just, like, sorry, he was, he was just, like, the nicest guy in the world. Yeah, I met him, too. I met him a couple times. He is, he's, he's, he's awesome. Yeah, he's he's the man. I loved him, and he was fighting guys like it, it sucks because he ran into Chuck and Chuck's prime. Yeah, and he got knocked out twice by him, and it just kind of like I don't know. Then it didn't really put a he had a great career, so it didn't really put a damper on it. But just two knockouts that you hate to see like someone like him go through. You know what I mean? Because you could tell he was getting to the end of his career. Chuck was the next up and coming thing. True. Back when uh, all you needed was takedown defense. Yeah. Chuck had it. Yeah, he did. And that's what – yeah, because like if you couldn't defend a takedown back then, like you were going to – we're talking about how the game evolves. Like if you watch guys like Conor McGregor who kind of stand in that sideways like, and Darren Till is another one who's standing in that like karate stance, yeah. that stance never would have worked. Like – Maybe even five, ten years ago, because you have to have so many fundamentals laid underneath you before you can stand like that, because you're going to expose your leg for a single. Exactly. But in the <laughs> ball style, and like that's, I think that's the next big problem that people are going to have to overcome. Like, I think that style is going to start to be more prominent over the years, and yeah. people are going to find a way to overcome it. And then that's just how like MMA keeps evolving. And yeah, it, it it's definitely evolving. Um... It 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 might even be cyclical though. You see, like like you said, like karate karate stances, they're coming back. Yeah. Um. I it, I think I think there's another wave of of jujitsu that's going to come through. You know. I agree. Um. You know this this the whole leg lock system, Danaher's leg lock system. I mean, <laughs> when you are locked on a leg. Go ahead and punch me in the face. You're not gonna injure me. You're not gonna break. You're not gonna break my skin. You know, go right ahead. I I got your hip locked down. Um, you're not gonna generate any power. You know, and and you're gonna be worried about getting your knee torn apart. Yeah, you've got. It's such a good position to be in. And how many times lately? I've been watching so many fights. I'm glad you brought this up. Where guys are in position to finish leg locks and they just can't do it. For, they're like off a little bit and they're like below the knee. And like if they knew how to leg lock, they would finish the fight right there. I want to look up my one of my Facebook posts. I forget because I I said if if somebody only knew leg locks. Yeah, because they're in the position 
for it. And it's like, they just, they don't figure it out. I don't know. They're like a little bit off and they, I'm like, you could, you could end the fight now. Yeah. Oh, it was, uh, um, bitch. who's, who's the, uh, natural born killer. Condit. Yeah. Yeah. That was my post. Who the hell did he fight last? Neil Magny. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he he was in those positions had had some leg entanglements and was exposing the heel and wow, he just yeah man leg locks just missing like little details that could have won him that fight yeah it's crazy man it's a crazy game and it's crazy how like those little inches and those little details when you get into that high level of competition they mean a world of difference mm-hmm. sure do. Uh, I love this shit, man. That's a, a you know, that's why it, it, it's. I love that this is becoming more mainstream. There it was, December thirtieth. If only Carlos Condit had a leg lock game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that. Yeah. Um, shit. Now I just took a puff of weed and forgot exactly <laughs> where I'm going with this. Uh, yeah, man. I guess I uh, want to wrap this bitch up and. Yeah, for sure. I kind of wanted to finish that thought, but I forget it. <laughs> uh, sorry, peeps. Uh, so I guess to recap, for Almeida font, I think we both went Almeida on that one, right? Yeah. And then Volantri and Barroso, both taking Volantri. Yeah. Qatar and Burgos. I think I'm taking Burgos based just off the betting odds and the hype I've heard around him. Yeah. Cormier uh, Yeah, DC and Ozdemir. Uh we both agreed on Cormier that we agreed on pretty much this whole card. Yeah. The only one we disagreed on is Ngana Miochik. And I don't even I wouldn't even say I disagree with you. I would just say like I think this fight's gonna come down to whether it ends in the first round or ends in the later rounds. Who do you got for fight of the night? <sighs> Man, if I'm if I'm being honest, I think Almeida and Font if they throw their hands around. Wow, because I was going to go Qatar Burgos. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. For some reason, I don't think it's going to be the main event of Comain. Yeah, I know. Because I think that DC's I, – I, I, I don't think it's boring, but the public will. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, I think, and I think that's what it's going to be. I, I think, think he's going to wear – DC will get a performance of the night. I think so too. I think he'll ragdoll Ozdemir. Yeah, and I forget though, man. Like Cormier was landing on Jones in the first round. Like he's knocked out guys like Lloyd Nelson. Like he knows how to yeah. throw his hand. So maybe he'll surprise us, but we'll see. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I am too. I need Not- to get home. I'm 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 heading up to Buffalo this weekend. I'm competing at uh, Grappling Industries up there. Oh, really, man? Good yeah. luck. My first one at Purple Belt, baby. Oh yeah, you just got promoted. Congrats. Thanks, dude. Appreciate you. All right, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks hey, for dude. Being on. Dude, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. This is fun. Let's do it again. Yeah, yeah we'll do it more often. All right, man. All right. Peace. See ya.